Good afternoon. I'm George Matthews, your host for Victoria Arts. My extra special guest today is Maestro Daryl O'Neill from the Victoria Symphony. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, George. Uh, and the symphony's in the last concert of its 49th season. Yeah, can you believe it? 50 uh, next year. 50 seasons. Do you want to tell us what you're going to plan for next year? Or do you want to keep it a secret just oh, a teeny bit longer? A little bit secret oh. still, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to look forward to it. Yes. But we also are looking forward to this weekend's concert tomorrow night at the Fine Arts Auditorium. Right. This is a special concert as well. It's uh, the ending of the 49th, the beginning of the 50th. Tell me about the concert. Right. Well, this one I can tell you something about. Oh, good. <laughs> um, this uh, program has uh, is, is titled Gershwin Hits. Uh, of course, everybody knows George Gershwin, the famous uh, jazz pianist, um, Broadway composer, and also symphonic writer as well. Uh, opera writer, Porgy and Bess, everybody knows that. Uh, the first half will be Gershwin, uh, and we're doing two of his more well-known pieces. The tone poem, An American in Paris, which is uh, Gershwin's impressions of an American coming to Paris and go roaming through the city and becoming homesick and then sampling the nightlife and then returning back to his uh, gay uh, uh, exploration of the, of the city of Paris. And uh, then we'll be playing the famous Rhapsody in Blue that everyone will recognize as soon as the opening solo clarinet starts. Or that if they don't certainly recognize that, they'll recognize the United theme that gets played at the end. Um, that theme that uh, <coughs> Kirschman wrote that United has absconded for its uh, commercials. Anyway, it's it's quite a quite a fun little exploration of fun tunes in the American Paris. There are were, there are taxi horns actually being honked in 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 the in the piece, as well as some very memorable uh, uh, jazz solo trumpet tunes that are going on as well. And uh, amazingly crafted. A, a lot of people uh, probably don't know that uh, the original. The original Rhapsody in Blue was actually written for a much smaller jazz ensemble, and then there were three orchestrations that followed <coughs> afterwards by Faraday Grofe, which everyone, some some people may recognize as the composer of the Grand Canyon Suite, and he was Paul Whiteman's orchestrator for Paul Whiteman's jazz band, and Paul Whiteman's the one who commissioned Gershwin to write the Rhapsody in Blue. So. Here we got uh, all these different orchestrations, and the final orchestration, uh, which is for real orchestra, not jazz band, real orchestra, and, and winds, etc., is the one that will be played. But you're going to bring in some saxophones, which are not part of the regular orchestral users. Yes, that's right. And in, in both in the, the American in Paris and in the uh, Rhapsody in Blue, they, there are three saxophone players that are used for the various different, you'll hear uh, alto, tenor, baritone, saxes, and, and all of it. Um, so yes, the, those instruments are not part of it. There are, uh, there's also, even though we're not using it, uh, there is also banjo that is sometimes used in uh, in American Paris, but it's so little heard w within the thickness of the orchestration, and it also it's very difficult to find a, a good playing a, a, a good playing <laughs> a good banjo player, right? So you, there will be no banjos, but then you probably won't won't uh, won't miss it just because, uh, as I said, if. Uh, most people don't even know there's a banjo in that. Too. So Gershwin is the first half and the second half. The second half is going to be uh, what many affectionately call 
Beethoven's 10th symphony. <laughs> now everybody knows Beethoven wrote nine symphonies, of course, and the ninth is the great choral symphony with the four soloists and the choir. Uh, but after Bra uh, Beethoven had written these n nine symphonies, most uh, composers after him were very afraid to write a symphony after that because they had to follow up on <laughs> what they thought was, you know, that was that was it. You know, he he's the he's the pinnacle of symphonic writing. Uh, how can I stand and walk near his shadow? The next composer to follow that was of any repute and skill was Johannes Brahms. But interesting enough for him, he didn't write his uh, first symphony until he was in his 40s. He waited a long time. People don't, don't know that Brahms was very particular about his music. And when he wrote something, and he wrote lots of music, and if he didn't like it, he would burn it and no one ever saw it. So no one ever saw any sketches or little notes, even previous manuscripts. It was just when, when they go into a study, his piano was there, uh, scores of other pian piano parts and, and player uh, music and other scores of orchestral things that he studied, but no manuscript, nowhere. And then and no one ever saw anything. And then he'd go into this room and he'd be in there and he'd come out with the manuscript, he'd take it to his publisher, they'd publish it, and then that would be it. And there were, there were no sketches, no pre-scores pre, uh, uh, or anything like that, and that was it. And any, everything that he wrote before, and he had written, uh, they, they say, that he'd written many other pieces, including numerous symphonies before, but he didn't he like didn't, them, and he, he burnt them. They didn't stand up to his test. Yes, so they, he burnt them, and it's not available. So you knew, at in his 40s that he's bringing his first symphony finally that it was going to be something that he felt confident was going to stand the test of time and would then uh, also be a a good follow-up on Beethoven's nine symphonies and sure enough I mean the Brahms first symphony is one of the most played one of the most well-known and to many musicians and historians and uh, Theoreticians, one of the best crafted pieces of music as well. This concert is uh, tomorrow night. Yes, April 29th, 7.30. What a wonderful concert to end the season and then get us into the next year. Thank you so much. You're welcome, George. <laughs>